stories about my grandkids. What grandparent doesn't? Amen. And I have many of them. I have a newborn little eight-week-old little baby boy, Jacob. He's so cute. I have a couple toddlers and an eight-year-old, some ten-year-olds, and I go up to 17. And they are a blessing. And I just love spending time with them. They are all so uniquely different. They're different in their gifts. They're different in their talents, their personalities, their abilities. You know what I found after all these years? There is no formula to parenting. Amen. You got to find out how your child is bent and raise them according to their bits and stimulate and put yourself in a position to help them to grow in the giftings and the God's graces that are upon their life. And that is a blessing. Well, after Christmas, I had four of them stay with me for the week because it was, you know, Christmas break. And that's always so special. And during that time, you know, again, just watching the different ones, I have this uh, eight-year-old. His name is Joshua. And Joshua, you know, sometimes he'll be really quiet and you're not sure what is Joshua doing. Well, Joshua's in the other room and he's playing video games. And he would just happily sit there and quietly sit there. And you might even forget about him if you're not aware of it, playing video games. And he especially loves Super Mario. Oh boy. <laughs> he just loves Super Mario. And so I asked him, Joshua, why do you love Super Mario so much? And he said this to me. He said, well, he's awesome. I go, yeah, he's cool. And he's got a brother, Luigi, and they both have superpowers. (laughs) And I said, oh, well, what do they do with their superpowers, Joshua? And he said, well, they protect their kingdom. I said, oh, well, that's really cool. He says, yes, and they use their superpowers to save each other. And they use their superpowers to help each other, Grandma. And I said, oh, that's really cool. And I thought to myself, wow, that could preach. (laughs) And so here we are. (laughs) But, you know, I thought about this. Have you ever noticed how people are drawn to superheroes, to superpowers, to the life of the supernatural, the extraordinary life? Amen. People living super extraordinary lives and doing super extraordinary things. Like, you know, again, Super Mario. Or how about Superman? Or how about Spider-Man? Wonder Woman? Batman? Robin? Captain America? The Lord of the Rings? Narnia? You know? It's like billions of dollars have been spent on making movies and television programs about superheroes or people who have superpowers. Actually, 75% of the top 25 movies ever made have a superhero in them. That tells you something, doesn't it? I believe it's because God created us in his image and after his likeness. He created us with a desire to do extraordinary things because he is an extraordinary God. 
In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion. He placed that desire in us. And when you think about all the things that he did through Adam before the fall of man. I mean, Adam named how many animals on this earth? And not only did he, did he, yeah, all of them, that's right. (laughs) Not only did he name them, guess what? He didn't forget their names. That's amazing, huh? Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, we were created not to live as mere men or mere women, but we were created to be extraordinary, supernatural beings filled with the power of God. Know ye not that you are the temples of the Holy Ghost and that God dwells in you. That makes you an extraordinary, supernatural person. The early church was known as men that turned the world upside down. I mean, they went into different places, Greece, Lystra. And I'm telling you what, they thought that they were gods and they had to convince them that they weren't. Why? Because they saw something extraordinary about their lives, something that was on them. These men and women, they knew how to draw upon the grace of God. And that grace works through the power of God in our lives. Let's turn to Acts chapter 11 and verse 23. And we're going to look at these verses in the New uh, International Version. And it says this, when he arrived and saw the what? The evidence of the what? The grace of God. There was evidence. There was something that these people saw in the grace of God. It was clearly seen. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Now, let's look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 33. Again, in the NIV version. And it says this, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was what? It was upon them so powerfully at work in them, says the new living. The grace of God was upon them. Listen, and so powerfully worked within them. I want that grace. How about you? Let's look at Acts chapter 13, verse 43. It says, Now, when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to do what? To continue in the grace of God. I think of that word persuaded. That's somebody coming to you saying, you got to do this. And they're persuading you to do it. Why? Because there's something about it that has value. There's something about it that has evidence. There's something about it that changes people's lives. 
That's what the grace of God will do for you. Acts chapter 14 and verse 3 in the New Living Translation. It says this, But the apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the what? The grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them what? Power to do miraculous signs and wonders. They knew something about the grace of God. Now remember, grace is the divine influence of the heart. It is the power of God coming into your life to do for you what you cannot do of yourself, by yourself, through yourself. When God divinely influences a heart, it is an amazing thing. Do you not recall the day that you received the Lord Jesus Christ? The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. By divine influence of your heart, you opened your heart. And your life was changed. And you were translated out of the kingdom of darkness. And you were brought into the kingdom of light by the grace of God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that grace. The grace of God, again, divine influence of the heart. And it also says this as the definition in the Greek. And the reflection of it in the life. See, God's grace is going to be reflected through your life. You are going to be a demonstrator of that grace. What's a demonstrator? One who acts out what is on the inside. What's on the inside? The grace of God. The power of God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's turn to John chapter 1 and let's look at verses 14 to 16. And we're going to look at this at the New King James Version. And starting at verse 14, it says this. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten son, full of what? Full of grace, full of grace and truth. Jesus was filled with the grace of God. Where does it say he got it? He got it from the father. It was bestowed upon him by the father. Now let's skip down to verse 16 and it says this about that grace, about the fullness of that grace. It says, and of his fullness, we have all what? Received Received grace for grace. There's layers of grace that we'll be talking about tonight that will develop in your life. And God will give you grace equal to your circumstances. And of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace. We have received his fullness through his grace. What does that mean? Well, today's a football day, so I'm going to be using some football analogies tonight. Now, let me just say this to you. If you were a rookie football player, a quarterback playing in high school football, 
and someone told you that they had the technology and the ability to come and to put on you the fullness of Joe Montana. Or how about some of you younger ones? How about um, Peyton Manning? I mean, what would you say? You're a high school quarterback and someone's telling you they can put the fullness of Joe Montana on you. His gifts, his talents, his abilities. What would you say? Yes. Bring it on. <laughs> That's what you would say. You would say, bring it on. Now, well, we have, what did we just read there? The ability to receive the fullness of who? The fullness of Jesus. What do you say? Bring it on. How does that happen? Grace to grace. Layers of grace. Bestowed upon you. Equipping you for the place that he's called you for today. It's not grace that you had yesterday. It's not grace for tomorrow. It's grace for today. And he equips you with it. And he empowers you with it. So that you can go and you can do. Not just what you can do with the arm of your flesh. But what you can do through the power of that grace. Working in your life. Hmm. Hallelujah. See, the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Not in the world to come, in this world. A couple of years ago, there was a survey that was taken across America. And it was taken, uh, thousands of Christians took this survey from every denomination. And the survey asked the question, can you give three descriptions of the grace of God? And most people defined the grace of God as salvation, unmerited favor, and forgiveness of sins. And thank God for it. But do you know that only 2% of those taking that survey knew that the grace of God was the power of God? And then we wonder why the movies that we go to don't have Christian superheroes. Amen? Hmm. The body of Christ cannot walk in his fullness without the knowledge of it. That is why you're going to see again and again in scripture the words grace and peace. Be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace comes as you receive knowledge. You grow in grace, as I said. You increase in it. 2 Peter 3, 18 in the King James Version says this. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, aren't you glad we can grow in it? Aren't you glad we're not limited to the grace that we had yesterday, but we can have new grace for today? We see in the scriptures and in the lives of believers where the power of God oftentimes would come down upon people, you know, like, for example, the life of David. 
Remember he killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands? He went on to kill a giant with that slingshot. His bare hands. That was the power of God. How about Samson? He was the strongest man who ever lived. And he killed a thousand men with the, with the jawbone of a donkey. You know, he tore down those pillars. He did uh, super amazing feats of strength. Now, those are times when, as the Holy Spirit wills, he comes down upon a person and gives them super strength. You know, through the gifts of the Spirit, through the manifestations of the Spirit, we see that happening as the Spirit wills. And it's wonderful. And we're thankful. We, we seek after it. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, you know, desire earnestly those gifts. We're to be desiring them. But you know, it's a little bit different, the thing that we're talking about tonight. The grace that we're talking about tonight is grace given to you to live with supernatural ability every single day. Like Jesus said, grow in the grace every day. This grace makes you met or meet for every good work. For everything that he calls you to do. Second Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And that's a scripture we need to have written on the tablets of our hearts. Your grace, what is it? Your empowerment. Your grace, it's sufficient for me. And I choose to walk in it this day. Because your strength is going to be made perfect in my weakness, in my inabilities, in my infirmities. Sometimes we just wonder how to walk out this life where God says to be ye holy. How do you do that? You do it with the grace of God. A couple of years ago, Chip Brim, you'll remember this, TK, he preached a message and in it he talked about, he was talking about uh, mentoring uh, people. And many of the people he was talking about mentoring were sports people, people that were um, playing sports and desired to go into professional sports. And this one young man that he told a story about, he was a young, short, little white guy and he wanted to play in the um, NBA. He wanted to play basketball and he had this desire and he worked so hard. And so Chip was working with him and Chip told him to begin to say this to himself. I am anointed to play basketball at a level that the world has not seen all to the glory of God. And so he began to speak that over himself. I am anointed to play basketball at a level the world has not seen all to the glory of God. God. You know, that's the important part. And so he began to do that and he began to train. And over a process and period of time, he began to get uh, better and better at what he was doing. Well, by the end of his college um, profession, he had risen to such a level that he became like one of the number one draft picks 
I mean, he had that written everywhere. I think if I remember the story right, he even had it on his seats. He had it, uh, what do you call it? Embroidered on his seats in his car. I am anointed. <laughs> anointed to do what? To play basketball. How? At a level the world has not seen. All to the glory of God. How do you do that? By the grace of God. So whatever it is that God has called you to do. Maybe it's to be a parent. I am anointed to be a parent at a level the world has not seen. All to the glory of God. Maybe you're called to be a physician or somebody that works with people in a rest home. Maybe you're called to be an accountant. Maybe you're called to be, I don't know, whatever it is God has called you to be. He will anoint you. And if you begin to get that picture, that's a God inside minded picture that I am anointed. I'm anointed. I am anointed by the grace of God. To whatever, at a level the world has not seen, all to the glory of God. Michelle, you're anointed to be an attorney. At a level the world has not seen, all to the glory of God. And you see, you know why I know that? Because I know your heart. And your heart is for God's glory. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. You know, I see this more recently in the life of one of our quarterbacks who um, actually plays for the Denver Bronco. His name is Tim Tebow. You know him? You've heard of him? He's an amazing guy. And I have this article. Check it out. I don't think this has ever happened before. This, folks is the Wall Street Journal. And in this Wall Street Journal, on the front page, it has a picture, and I don't think any sports person has been on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, it has a picture of God's quarterback, (laughs) the Tebow phenomena. And you go, and it has, um, in the review section, a whole section on Tim Tebow. And it has pages of Tim. And I just wanted to share with you a couple of things out of this article. It's an amazing article because it talks about an extraordinary life. It talks about a person who wants to play football at a level that the world has not seen, but it's for the glory of God. Now, he um, shares many things about his own life and how even as uh, as his mother was pregnant with him you know she would not abort him all to the glory of god and he shared that he goes on to share many things about um how uh god just changed his life and how god's changed life of so many other sports people that that are around him the writer of this article begins to talk about how there's people who are performing at high levels Levels the world have not seen. But the reason they can't stay there is there's no character. And there's no character because they don't know God. And so that is what's the most detrimental thing to some of these young people who are advancing in different fields. Is that there's no character. He goes on to say in here 
about different stories about, you know, again, how when he he won the Heisman Trophy, you know, when he played for the University of Florida in, uh, I think it was 2010 or 2007, something like that. And then it says that um, he took the money and he wanted to use it to raise funds for the orphanage that his family runs. See, there's character running through that family. And then he goes on to share about many different things. But then as he shares, the, as things begin to unfold in his life, he begins to get persecuted. Yeah. Right. <laughs> persecuted. He begins to show every time that he has a play that's awesome. He, he makes a touchdown pass. What's he do? He goes down on one knee and he gives glory to God. All to the glory of God. All to the glory of God. And he becomes known for this. But he gets persecuted for it. He gets uh, humiliated for it. But it doesn't faze him. Because football isn't really his goal. It's just his playing field. It's just his platform to demonstrate the glory of God, the anointing of God, God's grace. Amen. And so um, I thought this was so neat, too. They even show this, how he even when he gets ready for games, that little black stuff they puts under the eyes, you know, I don't know what it's called. He'll put scriptures like John 3.16 or Ephesians 4.32 or Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Well, in this article, there was a gentleman. He was a Jewish guy. And what he did is he decided he was going to um, start a website. And in this website, what he does is he has different people send pictures and he calls it, it's www.tbowing or tbowing.com. You can go to it and visit it. It's wonderful. We have a few pictures tonight that I wanted to show you. And so anyhow, let's go ahead and put up the first one. I don't think they got in the order that we had because they were alphabetical or something. But that's okay. If you all could put that on up there, um, we'll take a look at those. Praise God. Now, this is a picture here. He's T-bowing. See, he's down on one knee. I don't know if you could see it that well. Um, but he's, on, he's climbing rocks. And I'm not sure exactly where that one was at. But it was one I wanted to throw in the middle just because I thought it was fun, you know. So go to the next one. Okay, these are firefighters. And they're T-bowing or T-bowing. Okay, let's, let's go ahead and go to the next one. This is people in a jumbo jet. And people send these pictures in. You can send pictures in to this website. This one here happens to be at the Peace Corps in Africa. This one is in Mexico. Look at the influence. This one is in Alaska on Totem Row in Alaska. This one here, of course, Martin Luther King. And this was a, 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 one of our soldiers. And I'm not, I don't want to, I forget where it was at, but I want to say Afghanistan. This one, of course, is our national monument. Love that. This is in China, Beijing, China. People going all over and they're just sending these pictures in. 
This is the uttermost parts, the southernmost part of the continental U.S. That's the point. <laughs> I guess that's how they do it. Yeah. And this is a welder in his profession. Giving God the glory. Here's a police officer serving in his profession, giving God the glory. Amen. Amen. It's a swim team. Don't you love that? They have people surfing on some. They, it's just amazing. And these were military police, I think, in um, Afghanistan, too. That might be the last one. I'm not sure. Yeah. Praise God. You know what? That just blessed me. It inspired me. It inspired me because here he is in his sphere of influence making a difference all to the glory of God. Now that is his platform and that is what he is going to be accountable to. Amen. But we can have that supernatural influence, that supernatural ability in our lives to influence the world around us, our world where we live, you know, people who are around us in our homes, in our schools, in our workplace. We can demonstrate the love of God and the patience of God. The wisdom of God. Don't we need the wisdom of God wherever we go? I mean, the wisdom of God can save people's lives. Isn't that what Jesus did? When, you know, the lady came and she was about to be stoned for adultery. And the wisdom of God just said, okay. And he wrote some things in the sand. He said, let the first person without sin cast the first stone. Saved her life. The wisdom of God can save people's lives and it will flow through you hallelujah you know to me real superheroes are made up of people who serve here in our nursery (laughs) in our preschool in our youth they're greeters at the door they're ushers lending their support bringing their supply think about stephen He was a server. Amen. He was a server. And the Bible said because he was full of the grace of God. It positioned him with the wisdom of God, the integrity, the love of God. And look how God used his life. Now, I was looking on... um, my little Facebook account the other night, and I was so blessed to see this post of one of our teachers in our CIA. And this post is by Christina. And Christina, that night she came and she had double duty service. But see, it's in her. The grace is upon her. And she helped to lead worship that night. I think she was the lead worship person. And you guys were just so amazing. It was so anointed. And she made a little post when she went home. Because when she finished there, she went straight out there. And she went in there and she taught your children. And she put double whammy tonight, rehearsing, leading worship, and kids' church. But if I could only share yet the amazing things that God is lining up for me. As soon as I responded in obedience to serve. See, there was a need. We didn't have anybody to teach the children on Wednesday nights. 
And she stepped up to the plate. And she said, okay, here I am. Use me. And so it goes on to say this. It says, I leave church with my heart full, knowing that I have sown seed with joy. And then she quotes Keith Hershey. And she says, remember what Keith Hershey shared. Double his pleasure and double your fun. Praise God. And I know you guys had a blast. And I heard so many good things about the the class that night. And so thank you, Christina, for stepping up. And you know, when you step up, when you just put your foot out there and your foot comes down on that place that you're stepping into by faith, amazing, extraordinary grace comes upon you to equip you to do. But you know, you'll never know of that grace if you never put your foot out there. You'll never know of that power. I was speaking with someone this morning who is serving on our visitation team. And she is one of our second winders. And I'm telling you, I had asked her to do something, to make a phone call, to follow up on somebody. And the phone call came, and the person was so excited on the other end. It encouraged them. It brought courage to their heart. They were having a difficult time. And God got, brought courage to them through that person. And the person said, oh, can you come and visit me? When can you come? And immediately, the second winder said, oh, gosh, you know. She was kind of shaking. Okay, what do I do? But then she had to just readjust a little bit and say, okay, God, I can do this. And she took her little foot and she stepped out in faith. And man, on the other side, it made such a difference in a person's life. And you can make such a difference in the people that are around you. You know, when you go to the grocery store, put a smile on your face. Read people and say, good morning to you. God bless you. I'm telling you what, it can just lift a person's spirit and change the course of their day by redirecting them. You can do that. And when you do that, God gives you more. He enlarges the capacity of your heart. And you're able to do more. It's amazing. It really is. You know, I was thinking, you know, in the words of my grandson, they're superheroes. They're awesome. They're cool, Grandma. You know, they have a big brother. We have a big brother, Jesus. He has superpowers. And together we have superpowers with him. And the superpowers are to protect the kingdom. You have a kingdom. We have a kingdom corporately. But you have a kingdom. And you got to watch over it. you got to watch over your pea patch. And you got to make sure that you're looking down. And that you're alert. Excuse me. That you're alert. And you know what is going on. That you're awake. And you're alert. And you know what's going on in your pea patch. Amen. When you turn your head for just a minute. I'll tell you what. The, the enemy will come in and take advantage. And if you don't do anything about it. You know. It'll become a stronghold. And then it's harder to deal with. So you got to do something about that kingdom, that pea patch 
that you have ownership over, that you have authority over. Your home, your church. You know, this is, this is part of the kingdom. And you have responsibility here to use your faith, to use your prayers, to bring your supply so that the house of God can flourish. So the house of God can be filled and equipped with different anointings. See, Alva's anointing is definitely different than mine. And I just so value it and so appreciate it and honor it and esteem it. But I cannot do what she does, you see. So thank God for her. And every single one of you, every one of you has a supply. Every one of you have gifts and talents. And you know we're going to give account for those. Because remember the parable of the talents? You know, when the one hid the talent, why? Because they were afraid. You know, God did not give him a pass. He said, you wicked and slothful. That which you have will be taken. And I think so many times people are sitting in positions where, you know, they're agitated. They're not fulfilled. They, they, they don't know why they're feeling the feelings that they are. It's because they haven't brought their supply. When you bring your supply and God does something with it, it is so amazing and it fulfills your heart. Pastor preached about that this morning. You know those desires being consummated equals fulfillment. And when you're not operating in that place that God desires for you to through fear, through doubt, through unbelief, through like what difference is it going to make, through whatever self-talk you can tell yourself, how you talk yourself out of things. You know, I'm telling you, you're missing out. You're missing out. Paul said, it's not that I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that's going to abound to your account. And I don't know about you, but I want to stand before God one day and say, Lord, I did everything that I that you asked me to do. And I want to hear, well done. Now that's a journey. (laughs) But I'm endeavoring. And God accredits that, you know, when you step out and you begin to do, and he begins to increase. It's amazing. And you turn around and you go, whoa. Wow. Look what God did. I used to be so shy, didn't want to talk in front of anybody. Wow. (laughs) Praise God. He put his heart in me. And step by step, he just increases you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus that we'll take hold, Lord, of this message. And we'll step forth in Jesus' name. No more 
warming the bench. No longer spectators. But stepping up as a team. Workers together with him. Anointed, equipped with God's grace gifts. His abilities. Lord, I pray that you just work that in each and every year. That they would have the spirit to say, Lord, here I am. Use me. When you have that spirit about you, wherever you go, it's going to show up. Remember Jesus went to a wedding? They ran out of wine. Jesus saved the day because you know what? Their reputations probably could have been pretty messed up. Wonder working power. Hallelujah. He went to see some fishermen one day. And they had been out there fishing all night, toiling all night long, and didn't catch one fish. But he said, go. And they obeyed and they went. And what happened? His influence, his word, wonder, working power. More fish than they could contain had to give it away. That's what will happen to you. Amen. I want that to happen to me. I want to give life away. I love what Keith Hershey says. Give life away. Amen. Give life away. Hallelujah. And that's when it increases on the inside of you.